0: Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris, and all of the staff at the Club Bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully, it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. Persistent and Nasty, if you can just introduce yourselves and your role within She sells Seashells. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having us. I'm uh, Maddie. I'm the
1: director of She sells Seashells. I also am the co-artistic director of the company Scandal and Gallows, who have uh, produced the show. Um, I'm Antonia. I am Mary Anning in the show. Um, I am an actor and writer and musician, I guess. I kind of do a bit of to all
0: sorts in that realm. <laughs> Great. And, yeah, I'm very happy to be working on this show.
1: Fabulous. So what started the show? Um, So I guess about 18 months ago, uh, as a company, we wanted to find our new show. We've done two shows before, and both of our previous shows had been adaptations of classic literature. We wanted to do something a bit different, so we put out a call for uh, work, commi- for Applications from women or non binary writers because we wanted to have a, you know, help the diversity within theatre, and um, we got loads of amazing applications. And this one stood out from Helen Eastman, who's an incredible writer, about this story of this incredible woman who had been so unrecognised throughout history uh, within science uh, for her incredible fights. Like she findings changed our understanding of history and yet i couldn't believe that i'd never heard of her yeah like yeah. never heard of her and so we just saw the story and from there we've been working with helen uh, we did the research and development um she's an absolutely incredible writer um she we did lots of research into mary anning and then uh what we've created from that is what we brought to the fringe so how did she find mary anning so she went to a museum um a few years ago, I think it was, and saw a very tiny little plaque, placard um, with her name, on it, with Mary Anning's name on it. And she thought, who is this woman? Uh, she went and did some research about her and a bit like us, just was like, I cannot believe I haven't heard about this yeah. woman. Like, I can't believe it. Um, and I think that for her just fueled that fire of wanting to tell her story and wanting to find the right way to um, do it. Unfortunately, we all collided at the same time. Mm which is great. And when did you get involved in the project? So I uh, got involved when I saw a casting call for this show and got in touch with the company and I actually had heard of Mary Anning because I'm from Somerset and Somerset is next to Dorset and when I was little we used to go down to Dorset quite a lot um, to Lyme Regis to go and try and look for fossils. Um, We always went at completely the wrong time because (laughs) it turns out that you can actually only find fossils if it's pouring with rain, if there's been storms, if it's been basically really grim weather, and obviously you don't really want to go to the beach unless you're in Scotland, if it's really grim weather. So we went on sunny days when everyone else went on sunny days, and um, the few and far between, and found nothing at all, but when I was down there, yeah, I, I kind of clocked that there was this song, which was She Sells Seashells, and was interested in that and then I also am a bit of a sort of science-y no I don't know I, <laughs> you I, make I, science I mean, yes great word yes so, when I was little, I used to, we used to listen to audiobooks a lot, and uh, one of my favourites was The Short History of Nearly Everything, which I memorised, um, which is a non-fiction book by Bill Bryson. But he mentions Mary Anning in it, and she is about the only woman before Rosalind Franklin that he mentions. And so Mary Anning makes it, and Rosalind Franklin, who did DNA, um, she also makes it, and... Lamar kind of makes it but not really um, right, okay. so, so I was kind of picking out these people and I saw a long winded way of saying I saw their call, I saw that it was about Mary and I was like I want to be Mary Ann <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I turned up and we are very glad that you did. I feel like when uh, Antonio Watson you must have been like Oh. oh my God! It's like it's it's feet. <laughs> like
1: it's meant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the things that Antonia absolutely has done is so much research into into who she was. Um, you've got little drawings in your script book from Aww. based on Mary's drawings in her diary. <laughs> you know, yeah. She, we'll and get it's behind the scenes pics. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's. Great. And I think that the amazing thing about this show has been, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a scientist. I would definitely own the word nerd, though. Um, but I wouldn't call myself a scientist. Um, And yet I'm so excited by this story. And we got a backstage tour of the National History Museum. And both Antonia and I left being like, we want to be geologists! (laughs) Like, I never thought I would have said that. But honestly, it was so cool. And it's so... Like, the story is amazing. All of the the fossils are amazing and the history behind them. And the stories, literally the stories that these fossils tell are just magical. And and, and so I think everybody on the show, whether you were interested in science before, just has grown to absolutely love love this woman and what she was doing which was this sort of interdisciplinary type of science or geology and it's it was just yeah it's been a really fun show to work
0: on yeah I mean it is amazing like as you say I had never heard of her and then obviously the impact that she then has on evolution by finding what she found is just incredible Um, and I find like watching the show I was like that's amazing Mm. And I I think what i found more heartening than anything is that she was not from some posh family, that she was proper working class. Um, That I found really heartening, and I was really glad that her voice, that somebody was giving her a voice, and not just for being a scientist, but for being a female in that time period from a working-class family. Because we don't hear a lot of those stories. we really don't. And actually, it
1: was quite interesting because um, when we went to the Natural History Museum, all the people that we spoke to about Mary Anning, they just said this woman she had something in her gut that just she knew, and she knew about these things, and this and this idea that actually there was all these all these gents from London coming down, and they wanted to know stuff from her because she did actually know a lot more about the stuff than they ever did, even though they you know read about it and stuff. Because she taught herself a whole lot, and she just had this instinct of finding stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that working class background really spoke to us as as well as the the issue of her gender, because we spoke to the professor of the, the president, sorry, of the Geological Society, who's called Professor Nick Rogers, and he was saying that actually, even if she'd been a man, even if she'd been a man, because of the nature of her working class uh, background, she would not have made it in any way shape or form as well so not only did she have the gender she also had this issue of class that was happening yeah. at the time that would have meant as her brother Joe in the play set it, it wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't yeah. have mattered if she had all the money in the world because she wasn't born with it and that was so important as well yeah. um, and so there's all of these different sort of intersections of i guess oppression that, that she's experiencing um or barriers that she's experiencing that all are working against her and yet she as, as antonia said, taught herself so much so much and she knew so much more than all of these gentlemen uh, that would come calling at her house to
0: get her help did um, yourselves or helen find out if there's um if there's still that issue with class within the world of geology, or...?
1: So, again, Professor Nick Rogers He was telling us, because he came to one of our briefies, and he said um, it has changed a bit in as far as his, uh, his grandfather, so they from up north, His grandfather um, was working class and um, he said that he would not have been allowed to be president of the society had it been 30 years ago. So it had changed a bit, um, but on the women front of things and women in the geological society less so I guess. But I mean I think the class thing is probably still there.
0: Still there as well, yeah.
1: What he said was that, you know, it is getting better. But they still have issues, and I think, as in lots of societies and lots of workplaces, that it's getting better as people are coming in. You know, the younger end, there's more women, and perhaps there's more variety of backgrounds. But in the leadership positions, in the management roles, it's still very much, as it is in lots of places, not yeah. quite equalised yet. Um, and he he expressed a bit of a. What I felt was a bit of a concern that it, it, it wasn't. It was still there was still a drop out, especially for women, you know, around the age of perhaps where people might want to start a family. Um, there was still an issue there with people sort of leaving or not coming back or whatever. So there is still lots of work to be done. Um, in this, in this discipline to make sure that everyone's getting the opportunities that they should
0: and that everyone's being recognised for yeah. the what yeah. they are doing. That's a running theme of the podcasts. <laughs> is, you know, the women at the lower oh, levels creating the work, doing all the stuff and then yes. upper it further, because we just had a chat with Thick Skin this morning and we were kind of having the same discussion as well. Um, yes, yeah, so, are you feminists, girls?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Well, see yes. this. I think this too, but apparently for some people it's a bad word. But I think it's been made a bad word by press. And there's certain girls like I'm not a feminist because I don't. I like to wear makeup and I like to do this. It's not actually what feminism's about, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when you see a play like this that's so female centric, as a woman and a feminist, which we all should be, did it really inspire you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, her story inspired me
1: so much, and I'm a teacher as well. And it really did inspire me to think really carefully about how I could inspire young girls and women to look at different options. Because I teach English, which is so seems to be really far removed from this sort of topic. But actually, we need to teach girls and women and and all young people that they can they don't just have to put themselves in one box they can go out and get dirty on the beach and then they can write novels about it or they can write poetry about it or they can go out and create music but still be really interested in maths and science and actually we don't have to choose right this is my subject this is the thing I'm interested in that's it and we can have all of these different loves and hobbies and things that we're interested in and I think absolutely it's a feminist play in that respect, um, and will mean something probably slightly different to any feminist who comes to see it, because you know we're not a homogenous group of people. But absolutely, I found this so inspiring, um, and it. A bit like you know, I saw Amelia fairly recently in London, and I think it's that sort of fire where you're like, this cannot happen again. Like yeah. we have to do things. We won't change it tomorrow, but we can change this somehow and we can absolutely, you know, we all have our role to play in making sure that there aren't any more Mary Annings who aren't recognised. So all women are celebrated and all people are celebrated for the work that they do and that doesn't have to be finding an ichthyosaur skeleton that changed the our changed understanding of history. It can just be the work that everybody is doing, women are doing, the emotional labour the work that we're doing in teaching or in our different careers or whatever it is that we're doing we're recognised for it and appreciated for it and sometimes that is just literally a, oh thanks so much for doing that and sometimes it is your name in lights and a book about you and a film about you with Kate Winslet or whatever it is um, and <laughs> Yeah, and so for me, I think we have to all be part of that, making sure that no one's just
0: being pushed to the side the Yeah. Where Absolutely. your company is concerned, uh, can you talk a little bit about the company and your remit yeah. and if it's if it's related to that kind of those yeah. kind of ideals? Um, so we are Scandal and Gallo's company. company.
1: Um, it was created by myself and my friend Guy Clark, um, who I guess are. Hope he's going to forgive me for saying this we're quite different people in terms of our backgrounds um so guy is wonderful he went to eton and then went to cambridge and um, i went to a state school in Hull, um, and then went was very fortunate to get a place at cambridge and that's where we met and created our first show um, and in lots of ways we are so different and um that's quite a nice thing to bounce off because um, my experience of, of where i Lived uh, my family's experience of being working class to middle class um, and that sort of really combines to put a drive in me to push for equality. I was really fortunate that I had the opportunity to go to Cambridge um, and, and that sort of education um, but also I'm well aware that I'm very privileged that not everybody has that opportunity because they don't have the people to push them or they don't have the support or uh, early on in their lives you know they will slip through some sort of crap whatever um, and so we came together to do our first show um, which was an adaptation of a literal classic our second show is the overcoat which was a story uh, is a story about class and we gender swapped it so we put um, a woman in the main role um, which you know had a really interesting dynamic for us. And so for this show, before we started, we said, what do we want to do? What are we committed to? And we're committed to telling stories. We're committed to stories that perhaps not everybody hears every day, um, putting that at the forefront of theater. We love theater as a medium because there are certain levels of emotional connection like, that I think you can create in theater that don't come through in Or do can do it in a very different way in a novel or a poem or a film or um, another art art form. So we sat down with Kirsty, and that's why we put out our course specifically for women or non-binary writers because we wanted to um, make sure that we were creating theatre that was representative. And we've got a lot more to do on that, um, and we know that we're committed committed to trying to ensure that um, we're providing those roles uh, for people who don't necessarily always get the opportunity to theatre so in this show we've got loads of women in it it's great we've got production assistant violet who's 18 and she's amazing she's working a little socks off she's fantastic um and so absolutely we just hope that the company helps continue to tell the stories of people um who we might not have heard before and continues to try and create representative um, um, theatre as much as
0: possible. Yeah, because I did look at your um, cast and creative team and it's like, what is it? Is it um, eight women to three men? Probably. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's Sounds that's right. That was a quicker counter. <laughs> that's a little hint to the show there. Yeah, I mean, then actually, like, that, I think it, that's right.
1: I can think of any three. I think there's. Um, oh yeah, there's actually some more. more. There is. Sorry, more. sorry. Cancel, 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 Yeah, yeah, fifty-fifty. Mean, like, yeah, to yeah. Absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, so we've got in the cast, it's it's two women to one man. Um, I'm I directed it. Um, we've got our sound designer, lighting designer, both female writer, female, female writers. You know, we've really tried to push for that, and and it's something that we're really, really interested in. I think we've got far more to do in terms of diversity of women of colour, um, and that's what you know. That's what we want to do. And it's really interesting because we we actually, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. You can always answer that. Um, we put out a when we did the casting call, we recognised that there were not a huge amount of actors of colour who weren't putting themselves forward, which we thought was a huge shame. And we then put out a, a further call. We said that our applications are closed, but we are still wanting to create this representative, so if you're an actor of colour or from a marginalised group, um, please do get in contact and apply to audition. And it was so interesting, because after that, we got a significant number of people, uh, of white males, um, <laughs> continue to apply. <laughs> it was like, this was not for you specifically <laughs> was not, not you. for specifically you. not for you um
0: so yeah so it's quite interesting insight into, into we've that. had the same <laughs> we have the same yeah yeah because okay. so when we do our um kind of a uh, what is the word i'm looking uh, for script call thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little brain drain yeah when we do our script call it's always m um, for women non-binary trans um and we've had quite a few men Over all of them, email us, and there's one or two that continue to email us, even though we've said to you, thank you so much, but no thank you, because there are lots of things that you can go and apply for. The, yeah. You know, just and the amount of aggro you get back. Yeah, we get quite. We've had, uh, yeah, people where we specifically said thank you. We're really glad and we're really you've submitted. Really nice we'll, we'll probably yeah. read it, and if there's any opportunities that come across our radar that are right, we'll definitely keep you on file. Nice, nice, nice. And then we get like we get proper abuse back. Yeah. <laughs> like like, your, a proper, like, slap on the wrist. Like a, your men haters like, like, or, like it's the opposite. You're not really. F- you're not you're being inclusive. inclusive. Yeah. being inclusive. If you don't include me, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh such a shame. Um, yeah, Not that. I'm yeah, not. yeah,
1: no. And I like try. Uh, for, for some people, I try to make sure that I was not. I was not. You know, prejudging myself. Where I was just going, oh, you're presenting. As a, as, a, as a man, so I yeah. just made that judgment. So I'd emailed back saying, Could you just let me know which part you would be interested in applying? for um, And just to see, you know, just because it might be that I, you know, I don't want to judge people based on their, their looks or anything like that. And then always it was like, uh, Giles, because we auditioned for Giles, and it was like, Giles. I was like, Okay. No, it wasn't for you.
0: wasn't for you, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Antonia, have you worked with a lot of um, productions where there's a mixture of cast and creative that are more women? Well, I mean, quite interestingly, um, at my drama school, uh, they specifically uh,
1: got people in... They wanted to create um, a class of people who were more in line with the proportion of that there are in the world. So our drama here ended up being, of the 30, there were 25 women, or presenting women, um, and five five men. Wow. And so we were 25, you know, that, that, that kind of ratio, so every single production that we did at drama school was um, completely gender-swapped, um, because, well, oh, yeah. I mean, you, well we, they couldn't yeah. do it any other way. Yeah, Productions with other women, I would say, um, or non-binary. And, I, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where you studied was it? Like, were, the, were the teaching staff majority male? Yes. <laughs> I just wondered. I just thought I would ask.
0: <laughs> and we can move on now. <laughs> Um, um, so that we can cover a little bit more about the play yes. I would love it if you could like give me a kind of tagline for what it is that it means to you to tell this story so not the not the line that we keep giving people <laughs> no no oh. Oh. no something oh, something something, something that head. you that really um made you love the project that made you want to be part of it that really like pu- pushes that idea of um whatever your background whether you are male or female non-binary that you can do amazing things mm-hmm. for me it's um
1: this to mary in the in the show trust yourself um and I suppose that, for me, kind of encapsulates it as Mary in the show, but also as a woman in the world. As a kind of, no, okay, I am, I am enough. I can trust yourself, you can do things. And the fact that Mary did trust herself, and she really did, and went, no, this is a sort of Well, she didn't know what it was called, but this is a new creature. Everyone said, no, it's not. She was right, yeah. So that dream. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's um, the fact that in in the play, what we're looking at is stories, and there's a line in the play that you know there are many ways to tell my story, to tell me, and actually, as individuals, we all have many stories to tell about ourselves and about people that we've met. And You can do is strive to be authentic in the story that you are creating for yourself in your life, and um, that actually the way in which other people interact with you is part of their story. is your story and, and you can change your story you can start a new chapter you can uh, turn the page you can tell it in a different way you can look back on something traumatic and make it funny um, you can look back on something funny and make it, tra- you know you can tell your story in lots of different ways but actually you have you have some ownership over that and um, because of that you have ownership over your direction and where you want to go and who you want to be and I think what we say in the show is that this is one way of telling Mary Anning and it's not the definitive way and it shouldn't be but it is one way of just looking at this individual woman as this incredible woman that she is and it's a it's an attempt to tell a version of her story that has some authenticity
0: in some way yeah Amazing. it's like fabulous so um we have been asking everybody yes. um what the phrase persistent and nasty means to you as an individual. So, a little bit of background for us. like um, We picked the title, Persistent and Nasty, a bit of tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> uh, the nasty part in particular was in kind of recognition of Trump calling Hillary yeah. a nasty yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, She knows it, we're yeah. good, <laughs> yes. So, we're trying to claim that word back. It's like lots of other words that girls get called, especially when they're little, like, bossy. And um, yeah. what was the other one I was thinking about earlier? oh, you're really bossy, you're a um, little madam. And that was always yeah. like, yeah, um, yeah, or bitch, which yeah. is obviously, you know. Um, so persistent and nasty, what does that mean for you? I th- I think for me, I mean, I'm. This, this is where my English teacher side is showing, but I think,
1: do you know the quote, uh, nevertheless, she persisted. Um, I think for me what it means to be persistent that it's this idea that whatever happens keep going Um, and that might sometimes mean to stop and to take a break and to look after yourself but by doing that you are still keeping going and I think for me that's something that as as women we need to remember that keeping going can look very different for all of us Um, and that keeping going doesn't have to be polite that actually with something doesn't mean taking other people's shit sometimes. Sometimes being persistent is saying no, this is not acceptable, you are not going to treat me in this way or you're not going to treat this person in this way and standing up for yourself and that I guess kind of comes into the like the nasty bit where it's like actually we're so often told we have to be polite, we have to uh, accept or we've been given a little tiny inch so we have to be so grateful for that but actually we don't, fuck that, like seriously that uh, we can be rude we can be angry we can be messy we can be getting in the dirt in the mud whatever it is and, and that's that's fine and actually so often we we aren't allowed to be that true to ourselves we're not allowed to be we're not allowed to make mistakes Counting mistakes, We're not allowed to have mistakes of mood. Like we always have to be level-headed. All of that. And I think for me, being consistent nasty is about allowing yourself to be true, and that sometimes means not being very nice. Sometimes it means, you know, being messy, turning up unprepared for something. And sometimes it doesn't. And we have to accept all of those different uh, parts of ourselves and just keep going. And sometimes say, sorry, I messed up. I think Maddie I think put that in the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I kept on rambling.
0: That was really no, I second that. Pop hopes. Yes. Do you want to to just give us a little bit of information on the show, where it is, when people can see it, where they can get their tickets, all of that? Right. The show is on every single day, 1.30,
1: underbelly at Cowgate, in the Iron Belly, except the 12th. And you can get your tickets online or at any of the box offices. And. It's really great. Yeah, Yeah. we also uh, have a caption performance and a relaxed performance. All of the information is online, so please do join us um,
0: for those performances. Brilliant, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and joining us, ladies. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. And stay (laughs) nasty.